Are you troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family ever seen a... Sorry, wrong commercial. I'm Megan. And I'm John. And And we're we're the Retro Retro Club, Club, where we take movies we grew up with and break them down. We discuss our likes and dislikes, the characters, soundtrack, and how the movies have aged over time. Find us every Wednesday wherever you stream your favorite podcast. And join in on the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Slasher at the Retro Club Pod. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. What happened? I'm feel gummy and I start gummy. choking on my own spit. <laughs> Awful. I thought you were like trying to burp you know, out of solidarity for your child? No, no, I'm actually trying not to just kill myself for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> My body's fighting against itself. Oh, good. Well, hi, it's September. Yeah, it is. Yikes. My God, it is the 1st of September. Which means it's the 1st of the month, Ooh, which what? This means a couple of things. It is the 1st, it's the 1st Thursday of the month. Uh-huh. Do you know what it means when the first of the month falls on a Thursday? That we'll have five? Oh, yes. it's finally time. Gosh, yes. you obviously, guys, we have a lot we could talk about this month. <laughs> We've got so much time to build up even more stuff to talk about. Yes, that's, I mean, if for those of you that don't know, if for some reason you don't know, every time we have a fifth Thursday in a month, we do what we call a twin tangent episode where we get to go off the rails like a planned off the rails <laughs> and talk about whatever we want that doesn't necessarily have to be about spooky things. Yeah. It's always whatever a good time. Whatever interests us in the moment. Yeah. And, but that's not this episode. This is the first. <laughs> Which means this is a place that we have gone, yeah. a location that we have visited and investigated. Mm-hmm. We're deviating from our alphabet. We are, yes. <laughs> Which actually last week we were in... Indiana, Indiana anyway, for so. our two-year anniversary. So lots of lots of milestones happening. Yeah. And I'm super caffeinated, so sorry if I'm like... I'm not. What? I had one of those headaches that was like making my eye water mm. a little while ago. I laid on the couch and cried while you held your child, and she cried because she's having some tummy troubles, but she's yes. being really brave about it. So. Yes. <laughs> God bless her. It was so hard watching her cry like that. No, it was pretty rough. Like, I, uh, children, man, it's something. It's all right. She sleeps now. So. Yeah, she's sleeping now. So we're on a, we're on a ticking, ticking time clock here to get done before she wakes up and has to try to poop again. Yeah. If this gets cut short, sorry, y'all. We'll just be like, oh, <laughs> sorry. See you next week. And then follow up. <laughs> okay. So this time. We did not leave Indiana. So technically we're doing Indiana two times in a row, but that's okay because this place, surprisingly, we haven't gone to any haunted locations in this place yet. And I believe, I don't know, to me, it feels like it has the makings of a good haunted city. There's potential there from what we've seen and heard. Yes. So we went to just a short, a short trot over to Bloomington, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I almost wanted to start talking about bloomington like off off of my little prompt here but i'm gonna go ahead and read the prompt because i feel like pretty much anyone who is into sports or from indiana knows why bloomington is 
you know, prominent, well-known, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't know why Bloomington is, I want to read some numbers for you first. Okay. Because uh, we do, of course, we did our demographics because we always, not always do, sometimes we forget. Listen, well, I think for our listener episodes, don't, we don't, do we normally do the demographics for our, like, uh, personal well, investigation episode? I called it a listener episode. That was a throwback we haven't done that in a minute but (laughs) a personal episode you know what we do whatever we want because it's our podcast and i wanted to cover bloomington i did it out of habit but Mm -hmm. now that i've covered it i could go ahead and skim over it but i want to talk about it because i find it interesting and i'll give you my theory why i think it's interesting at the end of the demographics so let's just jump into it bloomington bloomington my bad (laughs) indiana and these numbers i tried to pull i know sometimes like, the World Population Review gives you the 2020 numbers for some reason. Yeah. I tried very close. I tried every number to keep to 2022 because uh, we were just discussing off the record earlier about how much the numbers have changed. Yeah. And uh, especially with housing. But these are, I think, all 2020 numbers. So, Bloomington, Indiana has a population of 78,920 people. It's a little bigger than Terre Haute. I thought it was significantly bigger that's not a ton no i mean it's not but uh let's let's just keep going i'm gonna keep going okay (laughs) bloomington is a city located in monroe county indiana it has a 2020 population 2022 population like i said of 78 920 it is also the county seat of monroe county somehow we always find the county seats oh or like some like the seats you Mm -hmm. know i don't know anyway it is currently declining uh, at a rate of point sixteen negative point sixteen percent annually, and its population has decreased uh, by since the most what <laughs> annual? Okay, what does it say? Bloomington is currently declining at a rate of negative sixteen percent annually, and its population has decreased by blank since the most recent census. <laughs> I don't know, oh. which recorded a population of seventy nine one sixty eight. So they've. It's declined about, what, 200 like, people, 300 people? Yeah. Since 2020. Oh, well, that's that's not yeah. a lot. No, 0.16%. Yeah. Here we go. These are the fun numbers, and this is why I didn't want to skim over it. The average household income in Bloomington is 58306 which is not... The the national average is 67521 yeah. so it's a little lower, that is but we've low. seen worse. That's surprising. Surprising low. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't think any of these numbers are surprising, but they are also, like, shocking. Yeah. <laughs> because next, uh, the the poverty rate, the national poverty rate, as we remember, maybe, and I actually, we may not remember, I updated it. As of 2020, it was 11.4%. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, poverty rate is up to 14.4% nationally. Nash, okay. Bloomington has a poverty rate of 33.59%. What? Mhm. Yes. Oh my god. Are are they taking into account college stu- students? You ruined my theory. Oh, yes, that's okay. so for those well. of you that know because that number in particular I immediately was like here's my reason why I think that is not crazy. Mm-hmm. For those of you that do not know if you're living under a rock, IU Indiana University is in Bloomington, Indiana. It's one of the largest Indiana schools colleges Mm -hmm. like i believe like i feel like when you think of indiana you get iu that's what you get right so to me 
a lot, I'm not going to say most, but I would say that a lot of students that are going to IU either are not working or just working part-time jobs or working like little side hustle things. They're not making a lot of money. So to me, the poverty rate makes sense. Yeah. If they're counting those people in their population, they do live there for the majority of the year. That's Yeah. That's the other thing because IU is such a prominent school. There's a lot of international students that go. I feel like they have a Mm -hmm. larger pull across the nation, across international. So I bet there's a lot of people who just live there as opposed to where we went, where people just go home on the weekends. Yeah. So that's my theory on that. There's also it also really skews other national averages yeah as we'll hear in just a second which probably now is going to make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. the median rental cost uh, for 2022 in bloomington is actually super surprising to me the national average is 1326 dollars bloomington is 946 wow really really surprising to me for some reason uh and that's per month and the median house value in Bloomington is $219,200. And I went ahead and updated for 2022. The national home value average is $428,700. Wow. That's jumped. Because it was like 300 something in 2020, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So Bloomington, 219, national, 428. They are less than half. Well, no, hmm. they're about half. Okay. The median age in Bloomington, and this is what's crazy, but it still makes sense because college. Uh-huh. Because I know IU has to make up half of that city, I would imagine. I feel like I probably should have looked into that, but I didn't want to go too deep. Right. So the median age, like regular old age in the United States, regardless of gender, is 38.6 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Bloomington it is 24 years old. <laughs> nice. It is so young. Yeah. So young. And you can feel it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've only ever really been around the college. I can't say that I ventured into just like the outskirts oh, of How Bloom- did I just whistle breathing in? I don't, <laughs> don't know <laughs> that what was that was. you? Was. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. No, I have been on IU's campus. I've been in a couple of their buildings. I remember when I was taking a music history course, uh, I had to get a, one singular specific book, and it was at IU's library. So I oh, had to God. travel down to Bloomington to get this one book. It was that deep. Like, this class is not for the faint of heart. You had <laughs> to have it in order to get your degree. And I don't know. I like traveled around to get books for this this paper that I did that I think ended up being 28 pages long, but it doesn't Mm. matter. Yeah, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, The average age for males in Bloomington is 23.9. The national average is 36.8. Yeah. The average females or average average age for females in Bloomington is 24.2 years. The national average is 39.4. So really really young Mm -hmm. really young city which also to no one's surprise i don't even have to look up this stat is also a very left-leaning city yeah it's a very accepting open-minded city and isn't it weird where the majority of a city is you know higher educated they're more left-leaning sorry that's that's my one little thing (laughs) that is my one little it's weird that the more educated you are the more left you tend to lean anyway (laughs) <laughs> do it that what you will. 
Yeah. Uh, that's not always the case. We know that's not always the case. Right. Nobody come for me. No one really ever has. No one, surprisingly, has ever had much to say about our little uh, side remarks on that. Mm-hmm. But that's just fact. Look it up. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I got for just Bloomington statistics. I just wanted to cover it because mm-hmm. I thought they were interesting because the school has such a such a hold on that city. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I see no downside. I'd like to see the crime rate, though, since it is uh, a college I guarantee city. There's tons of like petty, petty crime, stuff. Yeah. Like auto, you know, theft, weird things like that. Mm-hmm. Burglary. Burglary. Thank you. Probably not a lot of serious bodily harm um, crimes assault yeah might uh, yeah i mean yeah we did talk about that i feel like that's probably notable i feel like the assault numbers are higher in college towns yeah we definitely we definitely <laughs> talked about that why what I, episode did we talk we had to have talked about it in the last i one? don't know if we've talked about it in episodes or just in our daily conversation i, know, I wish yeah unfortunately <laughs> You know what's funny? If we didn't hit record, we would probably still have the same conversations that we're having right now because that's, probably. that's just what we do. That's who we are. But that means you're getting the real thing. We are yeah. <laughs> not putting on Yeah, if a you're ever wondering, here. like, man, they're so cool. Like, one, thank you. I wonder <laughs> what they're like outside of, like, the podcast setting. This. This is this pretty is it. much it. <laughs> so I hope you like it. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to jump to the actual, you know haunted place that we're covering which i don't even know at this point i got so excited about statistics i don't even know if i said what it was oh i don't think we did i I don't think we just said what city we're in i did say bloomington so we're in bloomington and we are covering the rose hill cemetery in Mm -hmm. bloomington indiana so yes another cemetery but like there are stories to back this one up i don't know it's just like and it was honestly a really cool cemetery. It yeah. seemed kind we'll get there, but it seemed like endless. It seemed small on the outside, and then you got inside, and you're like, what? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. A Tunnelton effect. That's I'm calling it the Tunnelton effect. Just yeah. I'm sure that's a forward. real thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're going to cover the fun the fun stuff that you have to trudge through to get to the, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's talk history. Monroe County, which is where Bloomington is located, was named for President James Monroe and was established following the Treaty of St. Mary's, Ohio, and in April 1818, the county seat of Bloomington was platted. Yay! Originally wooded hills, the centrally located land on which the towns was formed had already been converted over to farm fields by pioneers Robertson, Graham, and David Rogers. Ooh, are we related? Who knows? I don't know. Mm. I think we've talked about before how we have, like, the worst time with genealogy because our our names surnames include R. Rogers, Brown, Jones. Uh, Jones. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Along with construction of a courthouse, churches and similar establishments, the new town required a burial yard as you have to do. Unfortunately, yes. yes. <laughs> Oh, and you know what? I actually don't believe I said where this information is coming from either. I'm just so excited about all of this. I'm so sorry. Let me see if I can find the... Yeah. So, actually, this is an excerpt from, like, the city of Bloomington. Bloomington.in.gov. So, okay. yeah. Let's see. Where are... We? Oh, in 1819, a site west of town was chosen by the county commissioners called the graveyard simply like just the graveyard capitalized 
I mean, don't beat around the bush. Uh, it is what it is. I saw, gosh, I a tangent. See, we're ready for a fifth Thursday. I saw a TikTok today. It was very, it was one of those like someone just rambling uncomfortably about something super random. They never get to a point, but like, and she's just like, I really like when things are named uh, what they are. Ant eater. Yes, he does. Like, (laughs) I can't remember. She's like, one I don't like, jellyfish. It is neither a fish or preservative. Like, preservative or something. I was like, okay. (laughs) But anyway, graveyard. On the the nose, we love to see it. Uh, The site was marked by a G-Y carved into a large oak tree near the entrance. Now, didn't we talk about this before in one of our cemetery episodes, the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery? You know, we may have, but my head is so full of secrets, I don't remember. (laughs) Well, I I think graveyard is without a church, without a, and then one is with a church and one is without. So now that it's called cemetery, is there a church? Possibly. I mean, maybe that's what that building was, because I'll, I'll, I don't know if I told you when we got, I got up near it, it was not a mausoleum. I believe it's like some kind of at least office building. Yeah. Okay. So I think, yeah, that might be the difference. So at this point, Because now it is, it's cemetery. Yes. So it's graveyard at, at this point, which was 1819. The county board maintained the cemetery until 1868 when jurisdiction was passed to the city and it became known as City Cemetery. So now we've changed <laughs> to a cemetery. Now known as the, quote, Old Spencer Edition, this original burial area is the most eastern section of the cemetery bordered by 4th, Maple, and 3rd Streets. By the late 1800s, vandalism, recreational use, and a lack of full-time oversight had taken its toll on the cemetery, which is really unfortunate that that happens to most cemeteries. Right. Like we learned with one of our very first episodes, 100 Steps. Oh, yeah. It used to be like just free range. You can get in there whenever, do whatever. And now people it's, are rude. Now it's like fenced off and people, you know, periodically check on it and whatever. Mm. Okay. Uh, recreational use. La, la, la. In 1892, the Ladies Cemetery Association, a civic group reporting to the City Council Cemetery Committee, formed, quote, to improve and beautify the city cemetery grounds. What a weird specific thing to want to do, but good for them. And you said it was ladies? Yeah. Uh, of course la- it was. Yeah, it was the Ladies Cemetery Association. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These eight women began raising funds. They d- it didn't name the women. Sorry. It just jumps right into there were eight women. <laughs> These eight women began raising funds for improvements, including expansion into what is now referred to as the, quote, Spencer edition, not to be confused with the old Spencer edition. <laughs> they also changed the cemetery's name to Rose Hill, commemorating the many wild and cultivated roses growing throughout the grounds. Hmm, pretty. <laughs> Unfortunately, at present, few rose bushes remain. I was going to say, I was like, I didn't see any roses. I don't want to yeah, be the bear of bad news. But. <laughs> I mean, are they not? They're not really in season right now, though, either. I don't know. We stopped by Maddie's grandma and her rose bushes were like oh. doing their thing. I guess it is still technically summer. God, no, it is blazing somehow. hot and I'm so sick of it. It's September and still summer. I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, By April 1893, a sexton's cottage was constructed, allowing full-time oversight of the cemetery. A fountain, made locally by Seward Foundry, also was installed in the center of Evergreen Arbor, a circular planting of pine trees near the center of the new section. 
After years of vandalism, it was relocated to the Third Street Park in 1991. Stop being terrible people. (laughs) The mature pines were some of the 12 lost during a spring storm in 2000, but were replaced soon after that. An 1894 benefit performance by Henry B. Gentry of Bloomington's Gentry Brothers Circus funded construction of an elaborate 4th Street entrance gate designed by the city's first architect, John B. Nichols. Carved by James Voss using stone donated by several local quarries, the Gothic Revival-style gate had a central arch wide enough for vehicular traffic flanked on either side by smaller arched entrances for foot traffic. Cute. Thoughtful. Because no burial records were kept prior to 19 or sorry 1897, all information before this date must be derived from newspaper articles, obituaries, and the headstones. On those stones that are still readable, it says read like I don't know. I was going to read it readable the way that it was written, just oh, readable. Okay. <laughs> Many names of the county's earliest pioneers can be found. A few prominent figures associated with the early years of Indiana University buried in Old Spencer Edition include the Reverend Alicia Ballantine, Ballantine, (laughs) (laughs) Professor of Greek, uh, Theopolis A. Wiley, what a name, Theopolis A. Wiley, a professor of natural philosophy and chemistry, Mm -hmm. Daniel Kirkwood, professor of mathematics, and Louis Bullman, the first graduate of Indiana Seminary who received his degree in 1830. Five Revolutionary War soldiers are known to be buried at Rose Hill, along with many more veterans of the Civil War and all other wars fought by Americans through at least the Vietnam War. Additionally, at least 12 of Bloomington's mayors are also buried here. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. The cemetery was enlarged to the north and west between 1907 and 1927. A 1929 expansion to the east prompted removal of the original stone entrance, replaced with the current poured concrete and iron gate. I believe that's the one that we entered through. Yes, and I've got a picture of that, too, yeah, I can post. It's, it's a, I was going to say, that gate looks uh, fairly new. Yes. Which, that's why it says 1929 it was replaced. It looked like brand really? new. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Rose Hill Cemetery now encompasses 28 acres I feel like that seems small, but also large. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a TARDIS. I don't, <laughs> it's it's weird because you say 28 and you're like, I mean, for those of you that like live around acreage, you're probably like, that's not the biggest thing I've ever heard. Right. But like I could probably maintain 28 acres, which is probably a little like bold of me to uh, say. So you're, you say that. <laughs> Listen, I have chickens and they need room to run. So, <laughs> at 28 acres sounds completely fine. Uh, but also, I look at that and I'm like, that's not 28 acres. And you get in there and you're like, darn tootin' it is. That's 28 acres. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, limestone walls along the north and west sides and ditches throughout were installed in 1936 as a Works Progress Administration project. Buried over time, the ditches were discovered and restored in 1993. A poured concrete wall replaced the limestone along Kirkwood Avenue in 2000. Additional interesting features in Rose Hill include the infant burial section, because there's always wow. an infant burial section. Sad. It, it, it is sad. It's honestly, those are one of those things that you like, stop and take a moment. Mm-hmm. And you actually take a moment, not one of those, let's have a moment of silence. All right, let's play ball. Like, right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 
blah, 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 infant burial section along the western boundary and the many family plots defined by elaborate fencing, higher retaining walls, or low walls with copying stones. Mm-hmm. Copying stones? I just said that, so I feel like that sounds right. Oh, uh, yeah. Coping. Not like coping stones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> coping yeah. stones. That's called worry stones. Oh. <laughs> uh, these have been locally referred to as pens, like P-E-N-S. Oh, like a pig pen? I hope not. That's mean. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, same. Likewise, headstone placements in the newer sections do not necessarily conform to a straight grid, but instead often follow the roadways. In 1905, the Ladies Cemetery Association, along with several other women's service groups, incorporated as the Local Council of Women. I don't know why women are like, save the cemeteries, but they are. Why? Why why not? (laughs) Its first project was creation of Bloomington Hospital, and the group has continued to focus on health and human welfare needs since that time. And in 1997, the city's Park and Recreation Department assumed administration and maintenance of the cemetery from the Public Works Department. Yay. So there were a couple things it talks about. Rose Hills, symbols, and iconography. Iconography. Yeah, sure. I feel like (laughs) I've never said that, but that's that. (laughs) And some of it, some of it's just interesting. I don't know if this is specific to Rose Hill or to um, cemeteries in general, graveyards in general, but I thought they were interesting, so I'm going to read them and y'all can deal with it. Oh, okay. Throughout modern history, headstones have been decorated with symbolic images statistically reflecting current historical and architectural trends, along with changing tastes and trends. Makes Rose sense. Hill- Huh? Makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay. Rose Hill Cemetery is an excellent example of this variety, displaying stones from its pioneers' beginnings to present day. Yeah, I just feel like you see things on headstones that you're like, I do not understand. Like, if it was supposed to be something personal to the person or whatever, some of them, a lot of them are actually symbolic, including, but not limited to, (laughs) acorns, which stand for prosperity and fruitfulness. Okay. Uh, anchor, which is hope in Christianity. Book, which is the Bible, if closed. Oh, see, see, it, it's if there. If there's a book, it represents the Bible. If it's closed, it's a completed life. And if it's open, it is to register the name of the dead. Oh, I, yeah, like weird little things like that. A broken column indicates a life cut short. That's yeah. sad. Uh huh. And now I'm thinking of all those columns that you're like, man, like that deteriorated over time. That was intentional. Oh my! Like now, broken columns are probably intentional. When I start walking in the cemetery again, you're going to start thinking I'm about it. Pay more attention. Yeah, there's a handful. I'm going to read all of them because I like them all. But uh, calla lily, calla lilies, which is beauty and marriage. You'll see them a lot on like yeah, husband, wife, yes. or partner headstones. Yeah, uh, cross with a crown, victory in Christianity. Mm-hmm. Curtain or veil is passing from one existence to another. Uh, doors and gates is a passage from one realm to another. A lot of them are kind of self-explanatory slash redundant. Yeah. A dove, which is purity, peace, and the Holy Ghost. Easter lily, purity and chastity, <laughs> casting off earthly things. Mm-hmm. Um, foe, or sorry, F-O-E, or fraternal order of eagles, is associated with the theater. Yeah, with the theater. Like maybe the theater mask, fraternal tragedy and comedy mask, fraternal order of eagles. Uh, I just assume. I mean, that's only when I think of theater. I like icons, and you do see those. So maybe I. 
I didn't look into the because there's like a number of them, and if I looked into them, we'd be here forever. Yeah. Uh, but ferns, which indicate humility, frankness, and sincerity. Flame, which is eternal life, may be within an urn. Hand coming down is a depiction of God's presence, and a hand pointing up is a soul has risen to heaven. Mm. Hands together, so something completely different, is marriage, earthly farewell, or welcome. Uh, An hourglass is a passing of time, cyclical nature of life and death. IHS or IHC is Greek or Latin abbreviations for Jesus. Okay. Yeah. IOOF or Three Links is Odd Fellows, which is a social and benevolent order for the working class. The links symbolize friendship, love, and truth. Hmm. It, man, like, how could you know? I don't know. It's wild. I feel like unless you knew the person and knew these things, how would you know? Right. We've got the lamb, which is innocence, usually used on children's That's graves. That's the one yeah. I was going to say is probably the most uh, obvious. The one, yeah, that I recognize the most. Yep. We have the laurel, usually as a wreath, which means victory, eternity, immorality, and chastity once again. Mm -hmm. That's such a weird one. Uh, Morning glory is the resurrection, youth, and love. Palm frond is triumph over death. Rocks is permanence, stability, reliability, strength. And uh, god rose is martyrdom. (laughs) I know what that word is, but I realize I can't say it. Martyrdom. Yeah. And purity, usually on the grave of a woman. Ivy is immortality, fidelity, friendship, and the trinity. Vines is a relationship between God and man. A weeping willow tree is grief, sorrow, immortality, and the gospel of Christ. And wings is ascension to heaven. Hmm. And then I did include this little bit about tree stones because i don't know about you while you were in that cemetery mm-hmm. but i saw an awful like i made a note of it that i was like there are so many graves that look like trees like i don't know if that's a theme here but they just look like tree trunks uh-huh. like they look exactly like trees and it was apparently a popular design during the victorian area era it says these stones were both typically carved in limestone and could be ordered through sears and roebuck making their prevalence in Rose Hill particularly significant. Some are tall and elaborate, others are short and simple, and some are combined with Victorian-styled soul houses. Often adorned with other forms of symbolism, tree stones themselves, when depicted as a broken stump, refer to a life cut short, like the, like the column. Uh, tree stones often were used for members of the Woodmen of the World, which is an insurance society <laughs> evidenced by the Fraternal Order's symbol. Okay, so that's like the history history, but there is a chunk of history that is more specific and more important to our story, which is there is actually a family who had a paranormal experience in this cemetery, and it's like not just like last year or last decade or whatever, like Mm -hmm. it was from the 1800s that this happened to these people. And it was the War Worrell family. What an awful name to say. Worrell. W O R R A L. The Worrell family had a haunting happen to them with regarding the cemetery. Nice. So this article comes from once again. I did not pull it because I'm a big booty hole. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, uh, MonroeHistory.org. So it says this is this is straight from the article. 
Keeping with the Halloween spirit, I thought I'd share a newspaper clipping we recently found in the collection, which, by the way, this was written October 29th, 2018. Okay. Okay. This is from the Bloomington Telephone, a bi-weekly paper from Friday, April 17th, 1891. I think the food has arrived. Listen, we're hungry, folks. Oh, yes. We sent uh, someone to get food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maple had to tell us, it's here. Uh... This So, again, this is from the Bloomington Telephone, which was a bi-weekly paper published in 1891, folks. Goodness. Like, I don't know how they felt about ghosts then. I feel like it was probably not, like, as t- taken as lightly. Right. But this is the quote. The Worrell family that lived just north of Crossroads Church have had some trying experiences with ghosts. On one occasion, the mysterious forms were seen at the window trying to enter when they were seen at the window. What? When they were seen at the... Why oh, Why does it say it like three times in a row? Sorry, I feel like now I'm having Are a... Sp- you- <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Kelsey's stuck on repeat. Do I have to like smack no. you or push no, you? No, it even... Like, I don't know if you can read along from there. On one occasion, the mysterious forms were seen at the window trying to enter when they were seen at the window trying to enter when they were told. Like, I start, I know, I started like, oh, so sorry. I don't know if this is actually like copy and pasted. If it is, they needed a better editor. Whoops. (laughs) Anyway, seen at the window trying to enter when they were told if they came in the name of the Lord to come in, but if they came in the name of the devil to depart and they departed. Oh, yeah. Apparently the family was like, hey, if you're here with God, come on in. If you're here with the devil, get on out. And they said, peace. Bye. (laughs) And left, which was, you know, kind of concerning. I mean, it's good they left, but then, whoa, they left. Right. (laughs) Yikes. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to cough a little bit. So just a little bit regarding the Worrell family and just that information in general. This is still from this article. Not from the 1891 article, but now from the 2018 article. Uh, Crossroads United Methodist still exists today on West State Road 48 West, because, of course, (laughs) uh, 3rd Street, Whitehall Pike, and, oh, sorry, it keeps going. It still exists on West State Road 48 West, 3rd Street, Whitehall Pike. That's gross. Go on. We love it. And is one of the oldest churches in town according to a 1947 article titled Old Bloomington from an unknown newspaper, several worlds, the family, were listed as members in 1885. But which worl spelled differently in the 1891 article with one L instead of two had ghosts, question marks? Which one of them had ghosts? (laughs) After some (laughs) dick, I know there was a long parentheses, so I feel like people forgot that was a question halfway through. Oh, (laughs) Which world had the problem with ghosts? Well, let's find out. After some digging around, I found an obituary for Albert from the Bloomington Times dated June 21st, 1937. In the obituary, it stated that Albert died at his home on Whitehall Pike and that he lived there for 48 years. Good for him. I I couldn't have... I I get uncomfy after two years in a place. (laughs) I look at Zillow daily. Anyway, based on this information, it's safe to assume that Albert and his family, wife Rebecca, and children Glenn, Mary, and Raymond were the Worrells who had a paranormal experience back in 1891. Albert had left England with his parents and siblings when he was just eight years old, and his family lived in northern Indiana for one year before relocating to Monroe County. 
Albert lived in Bloomington for 66 years and is buried in Rose Hill Cemetery along with his wife, parents, and other family members. It is unknown if they experienced any other ghost sightings since 1891. Okay. All right. So that is what I have regarding Rose Hill Cemetery. Yes. Yes. Interesting stuff. <laughs> it is. Like I like I said, I think it is interesting that 1891, we're just talking about ghosts all willy-nilly. Like, yeah. enough that they published it in the paper. That must have been a slow week. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know how large of a city Bloomington was at that time, but yeah, it, w- it was published that mm-hmm. apparently they said, come on in, God, get on out, Satan, and it was Satan, so. I'd be terrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, thank you. <laughs> okay, so that that is what I have for Bloomington. That's what I have for Rose Hill Cemetery. That is my history segment. Good. So now, Megan, take it away with your spooky stuff. Okay. So we went there, and we is me and Kelsey. Yes. And Maddie and John. Mm-hmm. All four of us took a trip to Bloomington. And we got to the cemetery right at about dusk. The sun was just setting. Um, But there were still people out walking dogs and going on runs because they're monsters. I know. (laughs) Runs. (laughs) And so I was like, well, it's not. Because I was kind of weird about going to the cemetery at first when I saw people were still walking through it. I said, all right, that's fine. Not a ton. We literally saw two people. Yeah. But we ended up parking just outside the cemetery. And it's paved like it's really nicely paved Mm -hmm. it's well taken care of and when we first got into the cemetery it was one of those things where we're like oh it's not that big and then when we actually walked into it we're like should we split this up and maybe take on two different parts of the cemetery so john and i actually went to old spencer the the oldest part of the cemetery Mm -hmm. and you guys went the opposite direction correct yeah essentially towards there's a confederate memorial over that way or a confederate soldier statue it's just a war memorial covering Mm -hmm. up through the vietnam war when i say confederate i think they they described it as a confederate soldier it is not if that makes sense sorry i shouldn't have used the word confederate it was a it's okay you Now I can't remember if it said Confederate or not. I just know it was like a war memorial. Anyway, so I'll go ahead and tell you what John and I experienced since I experienced it. We, John and I took the EMF reader as well as a voice recorder and walked towards the, started walking towards the old Spencer area. And looking at the map of it, we were actually able to find where everything is platted in the cemetery itself. And looking at the picture of it, like just the old Spencer part of it, is so much smaller in comparison to the rest of the cemetery. I'm like, we shouldn't have a problem finding uh, some notable people that we had a list of to look for, including Wiley. He's buried in the old Spencer Mm -hmm. area, um, as well as I want to say, man, I wish I could remember the last name. Andrews, I think was someone else we looked for, Mm -hmm. but, um, just a couple of prominent people throughout Bloomington and history. So when we were walking towards that section, John was holding the EMF and it actually started to spike Mm-hmm. Just in, we weren't anywhere particular, um, so we went ahead and stopped and asked some questions, and it stuck around for a little bit, a little bit of waves, but then it went away. And we're like, mm, okay, well, 
It is a cemetery. Someone could just be passing by. <laughs> right. Like a spirit. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so we continued up into Old Spencer section and we started looking for, I can't remember which one we looked for, but the thing is, once we started walking, I saw it was in the far top corner of the cemetery. So I said, okay, let's just start heading to the corner. And as we started walking, I'm like, it's still going. Like mm-hmm. we're somehow it just keeps getting longer and longer. And I looked ahead and I'm like, there's no way it's this, just this little section is this big. Um, so we ended up in going towards this corner, we actually ran into what I believe was Wiley's monument. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, here's one of them. So let's just stop because that is like way over there. And honestly, there are houses directly across the street from the cemetery with very sensitive motion lights. Uh, because every time a car drove by, a, a couple of cars drove by while we were there, it set those lights off. So I was like, I really don't feel comfortable getting that close to their houses anyway. Right. So I said, this is a good place. We'll stop here and talk to Wiley. So we took out the EMF and the voice recorder and started asking your general questions. Like, is anyone here? And we asked for him specifically. Uh, We asked him to touch the green light on the EMF or the red light on the voice recorder if they were present and wanted to talk to us. And just other things like, do you know how you died? Do you know what year it is? Things like that. And there was a little bit of spiking here and there on the EMF. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Nothing crazy. So after a few minutes, we moved on to the next monument, which was a doctor. And I can't, I want to say that his last name was Andrews. That's like sticking in my head, but I'm not sure. Uh, We found a doctor there. And I'm actually going to see if I could pull up his name while I'm talking. But his was located underneath a tree. So we went over to this tree and started asking questions. And the EMF started to spike a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, if you're here and want to talk to us, can you touch it again? And it started to spike up about to the halfway point, like started turning orange. Yeah. So which we don't get a ton. No, especially, I mean, we're in the middle, neither of our phones were going off. I made sure of that. I wanted to make sure that, you know, it wasn't and our watches or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing like that was happening. So we started asking more questions and it kept it the spike started to go away and we're like no come back <laughs> and john held the emf up like above his head first oh he was running it up the, the it's like a tall obelisk yeah and he was running it up the the monument and when he got up to the top this like freaked me out for like made me uncomfortable for some reason mm-hmm. but when he ran it up to the top of this monument which was at least six to seven feet tall. So we couldn't, I think we could just reach the top. Um, It started spiking there again. And Mm -hmm. we're like, okay. So he brought it back down to about waist level and it goes away. He goes up to the top of the obelisk and it goes off again. And I said, are you in the tree? Cause the tree, I know the tree is hanging right over the monument. And Like, I could grab the limbs. It was that low. So I said, are you in the tree? And the second I said, I was like, we have to leave. Why would you do that? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because at this point, it's like 
it is dark out now. It is. Yes. It is. The sun has set. It is really dark in that corner because we're also shaded by that tree. But the moment I asked, I said, why did I? Why did I ask that? <laughs> right. And it's still spiking in the tree. And I said, OK, well, if you're in the tree, have fun. Bye. We're going to leave. <laughs> Don't fall. And, um, there were a couple other notable stones in that area. There was stuff, uh, what they called the wet stones, which okay, is yeah. W-H-E-T, which if you're not familiar with what a wet stone is, it's what they use to sharpen tool like knives and things on. They get the, they literally get the stone wet and then use it to, yeah, to sharpen tools, if you will. Um, there was a couple of headstones that they called the wet stones and they, did use them to sharpen their tools, I guess. Interesting. Uh, I can't find the article. I'm really annoyed because there was actually uh, some interesting information about how these people died, which is because of their deaths being so dramatic or tragic, I guess. Uh, I wanted to know if their spirits were still lingering. Because mm-hmm. I think the doctor is, um, he had some limb, he lost a limb. And then ended up dying of pneumonia, and it was just like a really awful <laughs> really tough death. Time, yeah. Yes, he was not having a good time. Um, so I made sure to ask in the voice recorder if they could tell us how they died to see if we could get any sort of response, reaction yeah. or response. Yes, um, we'll have to sift more through the voice recorder just because. Also, at the same time with the tree, and this, I'll go ahead and bring it full circle then with the voice recorder, we're going to have to sift through it really closely. I can't tell you for certain if there's anything on it or not yet, mm-hmm. because at the same time I'm asking if Wiley's in the tree, like, God forbid, mm-hmm. um, we heard this really weird sound. Um, I it, Maybe like people talking, I guess it almost sounded... We couldn't decide what it was at first, and I, John and I kind of looked at each other like maybe there's people walking along the street and we just don't see them. Yeah. But then a couple seconds later, we heard, we couldn't decide if it was um, like a cat yowling or a baby crying. Mm-hmm. We said, mm, Either way. Yeah, so we both paused again like that wasn't a fun sound. <laughs> uh, then we started hearing tree, like uh, limbs cracking. I said, okay, we're out. Right. Because I I can see the edge of the cemetery at this point, but I don't see anyone else. It's, I don't see anyone else out there, not on the road, not in the cemetery, but now I'm hearing limbs breaking. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to go ahead and find Kelsey and Natty. (laughs) So we walked away and you guys went towards the soldier statue is initially what you're looking for. Because it is a very prominent, tall Statue. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it catches you off guard. You, It looks like a person, especially like in the dark up against the sky. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at the right angle, because it's also pretty hilly in this cemetery, it looks like a person standing off in the distance is scary. Oh, to me it looked like a dinosaur, like a oh, T-Rex. Really? Okay. <laughs> From the distance, yes, it did. And I think you guys, and of course you're going to have to help me here since we mm-hmm. pulled double duty. Yes. You, you said... Well, first of all, what equipment did you take with you? So we did bare bones. Bare, so we did bare bones. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't because. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because one, truthfully, 
I could not find the other voice recorder. We got there and I'm looking in the bag and I'm like, that's cool. That's fun. But for the section that me and Maddie went to, there was a problem with no, uh, noise pollution. Like this, this cemetery is kind of off on its own, but we were up on a hill that oversees a lot of the streets that it was mentioning. Mm-hmm. And I mean, college is starting back up so soon. And so I'm assuming people are you know, started to show up there. And it just, for the noise, it was hard to record. There was also mm-hmm. a bit of light pollution because of street lamps surrounding. Oh. Again, in the area that we were, I know you said it was dark over in your section. Yes. We both, me and Maddie were trying to explain, like, we were, it was hard to see. I'm like, it's too dark. It's so dark that I can't see, but it's also so bright that I can't see. Like, I was looking up and squinting, and then I'd look at the ground, and the ground was too dark. I'm like, I don't know where to look. So, (laughs) it was kind of, we had it a little bit harder, in my opinion, as far as evidence-wise goes. So, what we did was we took still pictures, Mm -hmm. and we also had an EMF. And the EMF that we used is not one that we normally use. It's way less sensitive. Okay. Like, it's it's that black one mm-hmm. that, like, you really have to, like, it takes a lot. I'm not saying that the one that Megan and John used is overly sensitive and goes off on any little thing because we put it up, you know, against phones, against watches, against whatever to make sure it's not false readings. But the EMF that we used is not, like, something's really got to give to make that thing go off. Mm-hmm. So that's honestly all we had were, and then my flashlight, of course. Yeah. So we had those things. We, in making our way to the war monument, made a couple stops. Nothing super notable. Like, we kept thinking we were seeing, like, shadows moving out of the corners of our eyes. But again, the light pollution was making it very hard. I thought I saw a woman standing over in the cemetery, (laughs) and it was definitely a nun statue. I said, of course it is. Oh, yikes. And we got over to her and checked her out to see, like, if there were any vibes. And honestly, she felt pretty chill. So we just moved on from that. So we were walking after doing little tidbits of investigation. We started walking towards the war monument. And it's it's moments like this. Did we have... I'm going to go ahead and preface with, did we have a lot of physical evidence as far as we can tell? Like, like Megan said, we still have sifting to do. Not a ton. But never discount the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's like just a little too convenient. Because me and Maddie were walking over, and at a moment, I thought something I moved out of the corner of my eye, so I turned to move, and Maddie turned with me, and I thought she saw what I saw. I was like, what was that? And I hear the EMF start, her EMF beeped. Like, when it gets high enough, it beeps mm-hmm. on that one, which is, oh, like, yeah. high. And um, she was not looking at what I was looking at. She... In that same instance, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye. She said she f- suddenly felt, like, sick to her stomach. And at the same time that I thought I saw the thing and she felt sick to her stomach, the EMF dinged. Oh, weird. So, all different, like, em- emotions and happenings going on. hmm I have never heard... Have you ever heard that EMF go off like that without us, like, hitting it? Yes. few times. few times. Bobby Mackey's. Okay, yeah, But yep, that Bobby was Mackey's. a weird situation. I... I don't know what was happening. That's with that true. One. That's true. That's when we were sitting in the. No, it's when we were walking outside to go in the basement. Oh, right, right, right. 
that's well go listen to bobby mackey's that's another episode (laughs) but yeah this this one takes a bit more and maddie was going to tell me like i don't feel very good and that's when the emf spiked and Mm. that's when i thought i saw something walk past i was like oh so we just stood in silence for a second i was like i don't know what's going on yeah uh so that was weird we composed ourselves. We continue to walk over to the war monument because nothing really like presented itself after that point. And we get up to this dinosaur statue <laughs> and we're looking at it and we're asking, we we're asking questions towards the EMF, like getting them to try to interact with the EMF since we already had that one hit mm-hmm. and I'm taking still photos. And this I think is more natural, but Maddie was asking questions, and we both heard a snap at the base, like a twig snap at the base of the, you know, statue. And mm-hmm. we both stopped and just stared. And I flashed my light. I was like, I swear to God, if an animal jumps out, like, this is it. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, but nothing ever jumped out. And I, like, looked for a long time and looked all around. But while she... It's quiet in that cemetery. There's nothing going on. It's a very, like, well-kept, mm-hmm. nice cemetery. And suddenly now this snap... Of a, t- of a stick at our feet. Yeah. I was like, oh God, what is this? <laughs> and it, what in the world was I going to say? I don't know. I didn't find whatever, I didn't find the source of that twig snapping sound. Mm-hmm. But then I heard like a, like a ding. I was hearing a dinging and then I definitely heard a dog bark. So I was like, maybe that was just the dog. Maybe I heard the dog. Because mm-hmm. me and Maddie both looked at each other and were like, no, that was, that was nothing. Yeah. And but then the ding happened again, and I was just like, "That sounds." I don't. I didn't even know how to describe what it sounded like. Ding is a bad word to use. It was just like a a ping or a something metallic sounding. Uh huh. And it happened a couple times enough that we're like, "Well, let's go check it out." And we walk and we walk past this tree under this little, you know, area and emerge. To the actual war monument. Whatever we were looking at was not. I mean, I think it was the start of the war monument. Uh But we go to the pinging. And it took us to the actual war monument. I was like, were you trying to tell us we were in the wrong spot? Like, were you annoyed because we're just talking to nobody? (laughs) Right. I'm over here. Yeah. And I used this example before. The pinging ended up being the... There was an American flag on a on a pole there that it has its little thing. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously nature happens, wind happens, and it'll move that and you hear the little tinging. How windy was it that night, Megan? It was not. It was like dead. Very still still night. Yeah. And we were standing next around in that area. For long enough that, like, we should have heard it other times and did not. And then when we start asking questions to this monument that apparently was the wrong monument, we start hearing pings and we get over. And when we got there, I said, is this the war monument? It was like, bing, 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 like up against the pole. I said, well, whoops, it easy. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yes, nature happens. Wind happens. You can definitely write that off to that. But here's the way I described it. It was kind of like when we went to Step Cemetery in the National Forest. Was yes. that mm-hmm. how the whole people say you hear a baby cry, a woman crying out there, a baby crying or something. And we swore we heard it and it was terrifying. And it turned out to be two, tree. two trees rubbing together. 
Oh, Speedy. Speedy, man. Hello. We my, never this see cat him. never comes out and he's like, let me just butt this mic stand real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was just two trees rubbing together, but spirits don't just like show up Scooby-Doo style and do their, do your bidding and then leave. Like they have to use the things around them. Yeah. So in my mind, even though it was two trees rubbing together, I feel like it that could be spirits manipulating the you know surrounding area to deter you to scare you to do the things that they can't physically do because they're not there right so in this case yes it was a flagpole a very basic thing but right when we're in the wrong spot we hadn't heard it all night and it's like over here stupid and then we walk (laughs) over and we're in the right spot and i went to go take a picture the one of the few last things i have is i went to go take a picture of the monument once we got there take multiple pictures i snapped a photo and right when i did a bright light shines on us from the street and i was like oh my god someone's gonna be like get out of here you kids yeah um but it was a street an automatic street lamp or something that just kicked on Uh scared the poop out of me i was certain (laughs) Again, I mean, maybe, who knows, but that was, like, outside of the cemetery. I think it was just a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be all, I mean, there was a lot of just, when we were walking back to meet up with Megan and John, there was a lot of, like, I just feel like I was seeing things out of the corners of my eye, like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was just a little, it wasn't unsettling. It was a very calm cemetery, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like there was, like, an energy there that I couldn't quite grasp or find. Yeah. There's definitely something there. We're... I don't feel confident enough to say that we actually got any evidence to show you guys. Like, hard evidence. We'll have to do some more digging, but... Yeah. Uh, But we'll definitely get back with you if it's... Because of the noise pollution, we are going to have to spend extra time... deciphering and deciding was that a car was that a bike was that Mm -hmm. oh yeah duh i just very casually forgot to mention i kept hearing like lull like conversations bits of conversations towards your direction yours and john's direction Mm -hmm. and i I was asking were you guys talking was there anybody walking down the street talking you're like no and i just kept hearing this woman like every now and then say a couple words like like as if she was off in the distance and you were just catching a bit of the conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was weird. Hmm. That's strange. Yes. But that's going to finish up, I guess, our trip to the Rose Hill Cemetery. But we have a bonus for you. I was going to say, you, you ended that sentence weird because... We have a little bonus that we didn't intend... Um, after a long night of ghost hunting, you want a snack or something to tide you over or some dinner. So we decided to stop at a restaurant in town that was open pretty late. We went to Crazy Horse, Mm -hmm. which is a bar and eatery, if you will. Yeah. That happens to be located in an 1880s hotel. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you know it? What are the odds? And... While we were there, we ended up talking to one of our our waitress because, of course, we do. We make friends everywhere we go. (laughs) We can't stop ourselves from saying, like, hey, by the way, is this haunted? Yeah. It's just with a building that old, you have to ask. So I tried doing a little bit of research online to see if there was anything that stood out. And there was, like, a quick 
sentence or two that's like, yeah, this place is haunted, I guess. And I said, oh, okay. You so guess. I said, let's just go to the source. So when our waitress came over, we're like, hey, is this place haunted or what? And she leaned and, on the table and went, F yeah, it's haunted. And she goes, oh yeah, it's totally haunted. And said it just like that. And I'm like, I feel like you're being sarcastic with me. And she goes, no, I'm 100% serious. I said, <laughs> of course, go on. <laughs> and she proceeded to tell us a couple of stories of things that she's experienced herself. Essentially, the what they think is that the upstairs of the bar which isn't open to the public that's like their office and storage and things like that Mm -hmm. was a brothel at one point as they all were of course of course uh that's a definitely makes me think of the slippery noodle noodle, yeah in indianapolis but upstairs with a brothel and they believe that it's haunted by the madam and her mistresses so <laughs> which i just go, like the ladies visuals. go the, yeah <laughs> yeah they said our waitress said she's seen doors that will swing open and shut or that close on their own uh one night at the bar they w- they were closing up and she had sat like a wine glass or something down and then it just like it didn't knock over it almost like flew over yeah, like, like someone threw itself it. off yeah um what she said there was a girl who's worked there for like eight years mm-hmm. and they've got this weird memorabilia on the wall which i forgot all about the sign <gasps> oh my gosh oh <laughs> um, such a good sign on the wall they have a tricycle on like just hanging up there like a big tricycle and i guess the w- girl who's worked there for eight years says she's seen on three occasions that tricycle just fly off the wall like think of the old postcard style like the guy riding the big tricycle yeah that's it's not like the a kid's size trike. of this thing yes it's it's a big bike and she has seen it get thrown off the wall three thrice. times yes. yes uh what were oh the one crazy story she told us i hope she's okay yeah, with us telling this story good. uh i her name was Jenna, I think. Jenna, if you're listening. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, she told us a story about how she was opening, which I guess they must have brunch or something there because it was 930. They probably open at 11. It's kind of like where I worked, my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was doing opening stuff. It wasn't open to the public yet, but she was in there. And she said this woman came in and she had to tell her, like, sorry, we're not open yet. And she was, oh, OK, I just wanted to check out the building. And she's like, OK, well. Not yet. <laughs> we're we're closed. Sorry. So she made her leave. And then she goes up the stairs to go up to the office. And she looked back down the stairs. And the woman is coming up the stairs. Which would be unset. It would be unsettling nor- in a normal circumstance. Yes. Like, do not follow me. And she said, hey, you definitely can't come up here. Like, this is not open to the public. And the woman's like, okay, I'm just really interested in the building. I just really wanted to check it out. And she's like, okay you can't right now like bye right so she's like pushy and weird she said she was also dressed kind of odd she had like long black hair and kind of like she was dressed in strange boho chic style stuff Mm -hmm. is kind of the vibe i got yeah she didn't say exactly what she was wearing but it was just off she could tell it wasn't it felt weird like she probably wasn't firing all on all cylinders when she got dressed in the morning or something yeah who knows um So she's upstairs, the waitress, and she's doing her job and whatever. And I think she said she went to go back down the stairs or she happened to walk by the stairs. And that woman is walking up the stairs again. 
And she said, you have got to get out. Yes. (laughs) So she was just told her, like, leave, please. You cannot be in here right now. And she wasn't the only one there. So she ended up, after the woman left, finally, because she just kept saying she just really wanted to see the building. She was really interested in the building and kept, like, laying that on thick. Mm -hmm. So she ends up talking to one of her coworkers. And she said, man, did you guys see that lady, too? Did you have to chase her out? And they said, what lady? Mm-hmm. And no one else saw this woman. And she explained what she looked like and how she kept saying she wanted to see in the villain. Like, apparently, when she shooed her out, the employees that were coming in should have passed her. Should right. have, like, they should have crossed paths. And they're like, what woman are you? Like, what woman? Yeah, they said there's nobody. Oh, wasn't it? She said she was, like, outside the glass. Like, she saw her walk by the mm-hmm. glass or something on the patio. I don't know. Like they had to have been like, Oops, sorry about that. And yes. like get out of each other's way. Mm-hmm. And no one else saw that woman. No. So that's pretty <laughs> freaky. So I feel like. I meant to ask her, but I think she was getting flagged down by the um, bartender at that point. I meant yeah. to ask her if the door if they had to unlock the door to get in, but I bet that's probably irrelevant because like I said, the place that I worked, once the first person's there, you just keep like an employee door cracked right so, like this is awful truthfully if anyone's paying attention they could just walk in that door but you'll you'll find dry stock i don't know <laughs> what to tell you yeah but that was just a bonus that is not we just happened to f- stumble upon another haunted place because that's who we are as people <laughs> right yeah this girl said she worked there for a year and a half and she's already had like a mess of things happen to her the wine glass being thrown she like stacked some cups one time those just got pushed off of the counter like yep. and this is a new a lot of the building is still original the ceiling she said is original like the bar stand area is original but the bar top is not the bar top was a copper bar, haha, which if you're from around Terre Haute, if you know it, there's a place called the <laughs> Copper Bar, so we thought that was funny. But they replaced it because it was getting in pretty rough shape with a brand new slab of probably granite or something. Yeah. So, like, it's very, it's not, like, leaning from years of people leaning on it and whatever. Like, it's <laughs> right. a new within the last five years or so, something like that, uh, countertop. And she's saying these drinks are just like being pushed off. Speedy, you're speedy. Big feet. My God, <laughs> did he trip over my mic? Stand? No, he kicked it out of spite. He's like, "Then hurry this up." <sighs> okay, listen, we're it's a good episode. You butthole. Anyway, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, on this on this new, we're assuming level countertop. She's seeing glasses not just like you know how when you set a cup down and the condensation catches and it slides like all ghostly yeah it's not one of those she said like someone walked over and was like "Eh," like a cat and just pushed them off yeah yeah so we are definitely gonna have to make another trip to bloomington make some friends and see if we can't investigate another restaurant and bar yeah also the food was good if you guys are listening the food was good also if you're listening oh, yeah. i didn't have the heart to say in the moment i didn't like your water i don't know <gasps> what's wrong with the water yeah, i there? don't know if we were just having a bad day but like your water tasted weird <laughs> i'm so sorry i asked like i was like can i have a margarita <laughs> yeah we literally drink alcohol in lieu of water just mm-hmm. because like i was not planning on it but something something was up it was not my favorite yeah <laughs> but the food was really good and we'll come back if you let us investigate <laughs> yeah let us investigate it and we swear we'll we'll hype up that water so the reason why we're not hyping up your water is so people buy your alcohol there you yes. go yes yeah yeah well anyway 
<laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up there. That's uh, There's your little bonus content on this episode. Yeah. But next week, we'll pick back up our alphabet. Uh, where are we at? We did um, Indiana, so next would be... Iowa? Yeah. Because we did Idaho, Illinois, Indiana. So, Iowa. Iowa. What is in Iowa? <laughs> I mean, well, let's find out together next week. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's it. Yes. That was a fun we one. We did it. That was nice. I liked that one. Interesting. Good stuff. I like I like when obviously we like uh physical evidence, but I like the vibey things too. Mhm. Almost better sometimes. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost. But if you go to our Patreon, <laughs> you'll check out some real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you guys next week for Iowa. See you then. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at or so they say Pod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you next week. week.